Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, the Jacob Granger. Each week, we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. And today, we're talking about improving diversity within British journalism. The National Council for the Training of Journalism, or the NCTJ for short, is a British charity and the premier training scheme for journalists in the UK. The NCTJ diploma is widely seen as an industry benchmark qualification. To help more people from diverse backgrounds gain the diploma, the NCTJ's Journalism Diversity Fund was set up in 2005 to subsidise recipients' living expenses and course fees, and they're also paired with an industry mentor. Joining me today is Nikki Akinola, the Diversity and Inclusion Coordinator for the NCTJ, as she was brought in last August to increase efforts with the fund. As such, four new media organisations have come on board this year, bringing up a total of 18 media organisations which back the scheme. All of this is to diversify the media. Off-sited research, albeit from 2016, indicates that British journalism is 94% white, and that's an issue for the stories we cover and the communities we serve. Nikki says that the NCTJ's work so far is promising, but there's much left to do to tackle inequalities in all forms of diversity. And she's going to tell us more about that. But first, this. As well as great editorial content, journalism.co.uk provides a jobs ball with the latest opportunities from around the media industry. Our job of the week is an environmental reporter position with the Bureau of Investigative Journalism. For this position and all the rest on our jobs board, head over to www.journalism.co.uk forward slash jobs. Mickey, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. What's the working situation like for yourself at the moment? Um, well, it's, it's all fun. We're all working at home and uh, adapting to this new way of working and living and everything. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's different, but um, it's been for quite a while now. I can't believe how quickly a year has actually gone by. It has flashed before our eyes, hasn't it? It has. It really has. But um, adapted well and um, busier than ever. So brilliant. <laughs> Cool. Well, we're here today to talk about all the work the NCTJ is doing uh, around diversity and inclusion. Indeed, you came into the role as diversity and inclusion coordinator in August 2020. You're brought into kind of, uh, I think it was said, to tackle inequalities in the journalism industry. Can you give us a flavour of some of the work that you've been doing so far? Um, well, I mean, one of the main things um, that I've started on immediately is working on our journalism diversity fund. But it enables people who wouldn't have uh, opportunities to kickstart their journalistic careers. Um, it gives them a chance for their voices to be heard. It started in 2005, I do believe, and I think we've awarded almost 400 bursaries since it began. Um, and, you know, each bursary sort of averages about £8,000, depending on the needs of the recipient. Um, and as I said, it, it helps you know, recipients and supports them to gain a professional qualification, um, you know, in NCTJ accredited um, courses and industry recognised courses um, to go out there and obviously be amazing in their career. This is going to sound like a strange question, but why is your job necessary when we talk about the inequalities that exist in the journalism industry specifically? What are we talking about here and what sort of what sort of things are you really targeting with your work? I think it is so important for those who see themselves in society as, um, I don't want to use the word different, but 
not the norm. So in in the world of journalism, if we you know put it back to that, I think you normally find those with in roles as editors as you know middle-aged white um, counterparts as opposed to being women, disabled, of color, of many ethnicities, of many races. And, and I think it's having the opportunity to give them a bit a bit more of a voice and an opportunity by working with those um, in the industry as well um, to get out there and, and penetrate these roles that you know have existed for so long. I think that's probably why it's it's vital. They need to represent their communities and they need to represent the wider public that they are, you know, uh, reporting about. Much of this discussion has been pulled into focus by the events over the last couple of months. In March, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's bombshell interview with Oprah Winfrey sparked a conversation about racism and bigotry in journalism. Before that, in February, then Huffington Post journalist Nadine White became the subject of online attacks after a British MP and the Equalities Minister aired her email correspondence on Twitter. For Nikki, the discussion about diversity must continue. The industry has to talk about its position. Um, and from my perspective, I think it's brilliant that the discussion has been raised and it is being talked about now. Um, change is always good, you know, um, and it can sometimes take these things, um, catalysts out there, whether it be, you know, the interview with um, uh, the Prince and the Duchess or, you know, what's happening in, you know, Black Lives Matter or, you know, just, you know, how the industry has been called to account for what is happening in the world. And I think it's important that these things are raised, they're talked about, and the focus is there. Because I think a lot of people, I mean, I can go back to when I was in university and with my friends, and you'd always read a newspaper or see the media or watch the news and say, oh, you know, it all seems very biased and so on, but nobody ever says anything or nothing's ever been uh, counteracted by its own industry. And I think that's vital and that's important. And it's, I think it's an exciting change because it can only bring about something, can't it? It's, it's an ignition, isn't it? Let me, let me touch on that because you said change is good and I agree. Uh, what is the change the NCTJ wants to see then? From our point of view, it's vital to start flooding this industry with variety, diversity, and including everyone to be able to represent and report. I think what we don't want to do in, in you know, in journalism is shy away from being able to talk about certain subjects. Um, and that can often happen if you feel that you don't want to overstep the mark or you don't want to offend anyone. So, you know, we've developed the scheme, as I said, and, um, you know, one of the things that we do is right from when students begin um, studying um, their NCTJ with their, you know, chosen provider, we offer them a mentor from our partners who have partners with us. And our partners include so many uh, people from the industry um, and not just you know your usual sort of newspaper we're talking about new media as well um, and you know they're, they're there and they want people to grow and they're all from all parts of the industry and so we'll partner them with a mentor and that mentor will work with our students throughout their course um, offering advice offer them insights of what it's like to be a journalist and and so they get that real 
first-hand interaction um, rather than just being, you know, sort of left to your own thing, for well and good paying for your course. But I think the real investment is there where you have someone to guide you and help you and move you forward within and show you what this career is really about and what you could achieve um, if, if, you know, if you're determined to succeed. And I suppose most people who apply for the JBF um, don't do so lightly. It's, you know, it's a strenuous process. I like what you say there that sort of bursaries alone don't really solve the problem. Actually, mentorship um, shines a light really on the realities of working in the industry, perhaps for someone of diversity. Has that been a, a an element that has really come out of it as well? Just showing like the you know what we spoke before about the racism and the bigotry in the in the industry. Does that come out of it too? Showing that this is the reality of working. Absolutely, and I think what has been very important is all our mentors are from diverse backgrounds themselves. Not only are they um, diverse within the industry, but they also come. They we have past JDF recipients who have come back and want to give back and show that look this is what we're doing this is what I've managed to achieve um, as somebody from a diverse background it's really touching to get those stories and that feedback back see the the initial partnership is something I look at and make sure that we try and get somebody with the same interests and that sort of thing sparking up a friendship and going through right until the end of their course and hopefully beyond 2021 has been quite catalytic for the Journalism Diversity Fund. As of this week, four media organisations have agreed to be sponsors of the fund this year. Insider Incorporated joined CNN, ITV and Yahoo as this year's new supporters, bringing up a total of 18 media organisations which back the scheme. That includes the BBC, Bloomberg, the Google News Initiative, Reuters and many more. What does the support of these organisations actually mean for the support of journalists from diverse backgrounds? they've been interested in doing it and they've been excited about doing it. You know, we're bringing all these employers together from mainstream, from new media, and they're proud, as we are, to be at the helm of this lead um, and, and moving this part of the industry forward. What we're excited about is they are willing to get involved as well. Um, and they want to see what happens thereafter when they do, you know, they're, they're, it's not a case of, okay, we'll just put some money in for the fund. They are with us right throughout the entire process. So they are supplying the, the mentors. They are giving the, um, you know, opportunity for um, apprenticeships and workday placements and so on, and then jobs thereafter. We um, recently had Bloomberg and um, ITV, as you say, have recently come aboard. We held um, uh, like just just like an event, and what we did is we well we left it to our partners to sort of run the platform. And what they did is they got um, persons of you know diversity as well as those that worked in, in the industry come and talk to our students, um, tell them about their journeys into the industry, their journeys into that particular organisation. Um, why working with and for them would work, you know, as a, as a, as a student and for the future, what they could offer. Um, and what's been amazing is some of our previous students have gone off to work for these organisations. So it was quite nice. They were coming from a very personal journey, which all we found our students could relate to really, really well. Um, 
you know, and, and we're going to be holding more and more of these events, partnering with our, you know, with those that have come on board to the, uh, to the fund. It's, I think it's fantastic. And so I think they get a reward out of it. Um, these organisations, they really do. Um, it's something to shout about for them, isn't it, really, as well? Why do you think these media organisations are so keen to come on board? Is it is it just a publicity thing or do you think they're genuinely invested in addressing this issue? When you look at it from the outside, it you know, you, you, you could be right in thinking, well, you know, it's all well and good. You're just putting your name on there and, you know, ticking the box, if you like. But it really, really is an investment for them because we get together um, twice a year. We have an employers forum with all of our partners and we discuss how and what impact the JDF is having within their their um, organisations. Um, and, they, you know, they're fighting for the best students. It's phenomenal. It really is. And they're the ones who are absolutely pushing it out there. You can see in the industry, we've got great success stories out there. I think I can name two of them. There's uh, Rihanna Croxford, who was our previous JDF student, is now working for the BBC. Um, and more recently, Nadine White, um, who happens to be on the cover of our um, careers guide. She was also a recipient and now is now working for The Independence, their very first race correspondent. Um, you know, the industry wants these people and it's and I, I think it's important they have recognized the gap there I'm I'm impressed with the fact that their investment is not just a monetary one it goes right from the beginning and they want to know the statistics believe me they want to know who's coming in who's doing that they're there at the interview stage they're there at the mentoring stage they're there thereafter they're there throughout and it's and I think that's all credit to the industry for really getting involved and we just hope more and more come on board because listen that's fantastic for the students it's fantastic for us and it's definitely fantastic for the industry itself it sounds like you've had your hands full um sort of running this uh fund so far but how much work is there kind of still left to do what's the scale of the task at hand from your perspective that's an interesting question like uh if i go back to what we were talking about as to this particular subject, DNI being open and now in the forefront of everyone's minds and in the media, I think there's a, a, a long way to go. Um, these are grassroots. What we want is those senior roles. We want our students in those roles. We want our students making those big impacts constantly out there. We want we want that to happen, and we want the industry to be backing that as well. Um, you know. You know, we're a small charity and we've carefully chosen our stakeholders and who we're working with, um, you know, from Facebook to, you know, Nike, our Nike and Ability Today and, you know, just to name a few. It's a difficult one because I, I'm talking of a big picture and the long term goal. And I don't think it ever really ends because obviously society moves forward and so on. But you don't see enough people in the right jobs. And that's just being honest. You don't see them on the board. You don't see them making the decisions. Um, you don't see enough representing their communities and representing the, you know, whether those that are like them. And so whilst the beginnings are fantastic and the last 15 years have made that start, it's about leading from the front. 
and getting other organisations on board as well and making sure that they follow our footsteps um, and make this the norm as opposed to it being some kind of niche thing. It should be the norm that everyone from diverse backgrounds has the opportunity to go into this industry and make something of themselves. It should never be a battle. Let's talk about those statistics for a moment. The NCTJ compiles a diversity report, but the last one was completed in 2017, and even that refers to data as far back as 2012. In fact, the statistic we hear so often, that British journalism is 94% white, comes from a 2016 survey by the City University of London, and so an update is sorely needed to know whether or not this diversity scheme and all the others we hear about are actually making a difference. So is the NCTJ working on a new report? Yes, we are, is the short answer to that. Um, when is a good question. I think that might be, um, it's difficult to say exactly, but it is obviously something that the statistics are now being gathered uh, and it is in, you know, in the pipeline to produce that. It'd be nice, you know, four years on nearly to be able to say, okay, this is now where we are, because, I mean, we were talking about the black population itself. If we go to one specific, uh, was only three, is 3% and 0.3% of journalists are black. That's tiny. Um, where we are now, four years later, would be an in interesting statistic to find. I don't know if the growth would be that quick, um, but it would be nice to see some growth. And I think one of the things that we'd like to do is maybe move it away from just the newspapers. You know, we talk about new media a lot. And what we're finding is a lot of people are finding it easier to penetrate the industry via these, these streams. Uh, so whether it be you can pick up your news online, on Twitter, on anywhere, um, they seem more diverse than anything. Um, whilst we'd like to get it into mainstream as much as possible, I think that the birth of this new media um, and the way people consume their news now is so different and so diverse. And I think it's including those kind of statistics into the reports that are gonna be quite interesting um, and seeing where we are with that as well. I look forward to it. Any, any idea on time frame at all? Um, I, can't, I unfortunately, I, I can't. Um, I don't really know a time frame on that. I couldn't tell you. Or it'll be out next year and so on. But uh, it will be soon because, it, you know, we are due a new one. So Great. Great to hear it. And you'll have to let me know. I'll make good reading. And just to know if it is working or if there is indeed room for Im improvement. It must be an interesting situation for you, Nikki, because I imagine a best case scenario for you is one where your job becomes redundant where we don't we need a diversity and inclusion coordinator. Is that fair to say? I would hope that you'll always need a diversity inclusion coordinator simply because I think sometimes we can easily become complacent in our jobs, in our roles, in our organisations. Um, and that is not necessarily a negative thing. It's just that work continues and everybody just continues with life. Just like lockdown is now finished, everything will just go back to normal. But I think now and again, everybody does need reminding that, listen, we've got to make sure that 
we are continuing down the path that we started and making sure that there is diversity everywhere. And, you know, we're not talking just about, as you know, we're not talking about race or anything like that, you know, disabilities as well. It's, it's, it's still in the infancy in terms of all sorts of different things and making it accessible in the industry for disabled journalists, um, whether they be working at a newspaper or, or, or studying even. Um, and those challenges as well. Um, I think that's, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I think that's a little bit wishful thinking, especially, you know, it really needs to always be there because it's easy to forget and continue, um, especially when you, if you get a good, you know, say we do our statistics and they're fantastic. It's easy to go, right, well, we've done that. But it's, it's, that's never the case, is it really? It has to be a continuation. It has to be all the time. I think you need DNI uh, leaders to make sure that that's always happening. No one should ever be left behind, ever. And listen, it's a rose into glasses sometimes to feel that uh, people are not and so on, but you know they are. And it could be anyone, even the young white um, male who's you know now all of a sudden everyone else is diverse and he's been left behind. So twelve months from now where what progress would you like to have seen made in the industry or Uh, in the industry i mean to say yeah progress being made what would be amazing is that through all that has been happening um and the conversations that have now been ignited um that we are seeing boards change different more women on boards more different faces on the board of these directors and so on. That is where the initial change needs to happen. Because, you know, from the top, it will then filter down because you are then representing your organisation. I think I think we can be some kind of influence through advice and leadership and through what we're doing, um, we hope to be. You know, the NCJ naturally keep much out of you know all that storm that happens but behind the scenes I think we have to be leading um, and showing that you know and advising that yeah the change needs to happen Um, as long as the willingness is there to listen then yeah we're always there. Mickey it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast thank you so much for all of your time really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. Great to speak to Nikki there. And my takeaway is that bursaries alone do not solve the lack of diversity in journalism. First-hand guidance and advice is really needed to first of all get diverse talent breaking into the industry and second of all, navigate the challenges which are unique to them. That naturally means there is no overnight solution to the lack of diversity in journalism. It's therefore critical that the market is flooded with the type of talent which can rise through the ranks and make a difference at the top level. If you like what you heard, you can find all of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. If you'd like to feature on an episode, please do drop me an email on jacob at journalism.co.uk. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.